Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Liberty Update, where we give you your need-to-know news from an Article 5 Convention of States perspective. It's June, and in today's show, we'll be discussing Kirk Cameron's new book on humility, in which he counters the pride movement. We'll also discuss the federal government's terrifying cure to loneliness, how 18 governors are challenging a Biden policy that penalizes financially responsible Americans, and why, especially in this age of gender insanity, parental rights are so important. All of that on today's episode of the Liberty Update. Well, June is here, which means some aspects of culture are going all out in celebrating what they market as pride. This week, actor, author, and Convention of States endorser Kirk Cameron released a new children's book that delivers an opposing message to this month's profane cultural propaganda. Kirk Cameron's new children's book is called Pride Comes Before the Fall, and it teaches an important lesson on humility and the wickedness of pride. It's the first of several upcoming children's books on the seven deadly sins by the conservative publishing company Brave Books. The CEO of Brave Publishing, Trent Talbot, said that the Bible clearly states that pride is not just a sin, it's the most deadly of sins. It's a very important topic that we all need to be reminded of, and especially kids. When children see pride celebrated at school, Target, and every other public space, it does become difficult to counter the culture's inappropriate ways. So the book is intended to provide parents with an alternative resource during a month that undoubtedly blurs moral lines in the eyes of vulnerable children. The picture book is now in stores, and while it coincides with the start of Pride Month, it's not an anti-LGBT book. As a supporter of the Article 5 solution to big government, Kirk Cameron has called the Convention of States movement the last line of defense if the government turns tyrannical. And speaking of tyranny, we have a concerning report about the federal government's proposed solution to loneliness. Now, we must admit that loneliness is epidemic in America, but it's one of many problems that cannot be solved by the government at all but at the hands of a self-governing and responsible people. The root cause of our loneliness is multifaceted. No part of it, however, is ultimately the government's fault. Let me explain what I mean. For example, our overuse of social media is contributing to the problem of isolation. But we have the power to turn off our phones. Bureaucrats should not have to regulate how much time we spend on Instagram. We should be accountable enough to do so on our own. The fact that so many of us, out of habit, turn to government to correct any imbalance in our public and private lives is proof positive that we have abdicated the responsibilities of self-governance. Unfortunately, our loneliness is so out of hand, and the private sector is failing at addressing this issue adequately, so the feds are now stepping in to help That's why Biden's Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy's advisory on the healing effects of social connection and community ought to terrify us all. An expert on propaganda and mob psychology and the author of The Weaponization of Loneliness sounded the alarm about Murthy's proposed cure in a point-by-point takedown. She argued that the project is potentially so massive in scope, it's not an overstatement to say it threatens to regulate 
our freedom of association in shocking ways. She goes on to delineate many additional concerns about the dystopian plan, including proposals to give government the authority to monitor and mitigate the public health caused by policies, products, and services that drive social disconnection, expand public health surveillance and interventions, and develop pro-connection technologies. All of this is language pulled directly from the government's proposal. If such words unsettle you, you're not alone. As Ronald Reagan famously joked, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Yes, loneliness is a serious problem, but the government cannot solve it. And for as long as their efforts to help are couched in Orwellian language, we'd be wise to stay as far away as possible. This week, governors from 18 states sent a letter to President Biden's desk asking him to revoke a new housing policy that forces people with good credit scores to subsidize mortgage loans of higher-risk borrowers. At the start of May, the Federal Housing Agency implemented this loan-level price adjustment system, which overcharges good credit borrowers and undercharges bad credit borrowers. The plan intends to help low-income borrowers afford monthly mortgage payments by forcing financially responsible Americans to pay more. Missouri Governor Mike Parson, along with Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, are leading the resistance among governors. They say that this backward policy only serves to punish hardworking Americans. The letter states that, as governors, we promote hard work, accountability, fairness, and opportunity for all our citizens. We request you rescind the updated LLPA immediately. If you are unwilling to do so, Congress must take action. The letter was signed by governors from Alabama, Idaho, Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, and Texas, among several others, which you can see on the Convention of States blog by searching for conventionofstates.com news. When the policy was enacted last month, state treasurers and other top finance officials from 27 states called on the White House to revoke this unconscionable policy. So economic leaders representing over half of America, along with over one-third of America's governors, are opposed to this discriminatory approach to mortgage loans. But as we see over and over again from the depths of Washington, it simply doesn't matter. How many times can we, the people, be hushed into destructive policies by the all-too-powerful executive branch? Our government's behavior won't change until our reaction changes, and the most appropriate response is hidden within Article 5. And for this last story of the first podcast of June, aka Pride Month, I think it's important for parents to take a hard look at the condition of their schools, what their kids are being taught, because as you probably remember, back in 2021, in-person learning was canceled and education was brought into the home, many parents' eyes were open to the true state of schooling in America. But since then, things have arguably gotten worse. According to Alliance Defending Freedom, the religious liberty advocacy group formerly chaired by Convention of States co-founder Michael Ferris, a school district in Florida worked with a 13-year-old girl to conceal her sexual orientation from her parents. They went so far as to use the girl's preferred pronouns, they, them, in front of her, but different pronouns when the girl's parents were around. 
Without her parents' knowledge, the school put together a gender support plan that permitted the girl to use pronouns inconsistent with her sex. Unfortunately, this kind of thing is happening in schools all across America. In Massachusetts, for example, a similar policy was enacted to exclude parents from any knowledge or involvement in key decisions regarding their children's health. An LGBTQ rights organization celebrated the policy for affirming, quote, students with their chosen name and pronouns, but made no mention of the fact that the policy intentionally subverts parents' rights. Parents, not government officials, have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing, care, and education of their children, argued Alliance Defending Freedom senior counsel Kate Anderson, pointing out the troubling trend of school districts enacting gender identity policies that exclude parents. Alarmingly, many of these policies come directly from the federal government, often at the behest of the Biden administration or the Department of Education. In order to restore self-governance to America, we need parents who are willing to stand up and defend their children from the Fed's woke agenda. The education system is hard at work to inculcate gender insanity in our youth. Parents are the last line of defense. But here's the good news. With an Article 5 convention, we can cut government agencies down to size and return decision-making powers to the American people where they belong. Additionally, Convention of States is raising up a grassroots army to get involved in the fight for liberty at every level of government, including at local school boards. To learn more about all Convention of States is doing to protect your liberties and rights as a parent to protect your kids, go to conventionofstates.com today and learn more about the Article 5 movement. That's all the Need to Know news on the Liberty Update this week. If you are interested in reading other COS headlines on recent Supreme Court rulings, the debt limit, or how Convention of States is pushing forward, head on over to our website and give us a follow on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.